Do you want to hear from a global channel chief leading the transformation of a legacy channel program into a force in the cybersecurity space? Do you want to know how this person didn't take no for an answer and propelled her career as an award-winning woman in the channel? And are you interested in the opportunities ahead as we each prepare for success in 2024? then you've come to the right place. This is the Ultimate Guide to Partnering, the top partnership podcast. In this podcast, Vince Menzione, a proven partner sales executive, shares his mission to help leaders like you achieve your greatest results through successful partnering. And now your host, Vince Menzione. Welcome to, or welcome back to the Ultimate Guide to Partnering. I'm Vince Menzione, your host. And today, I welcome... Michelle Raguza McBain is the global channel chief at SonicWall, a leader in the cybersecurity space. And Michelle and I have an engaging conversation in this world of technology partnerships, channels, and ecosystems. Michelle also shares her insights into her exciting role and SonicWall's evolution within the channel. We also discuss her career journey and how never saying no help propel her path to this amazing success in her career. I hope you enjoy and learn from this discussion as much as I enjoyed welcoming my friend, Michelle Raguza McBain. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Vince. I'm so happy to be here with you today. I am so excited. You know, we could, you and I were having a little bit of a conversation just before we got started today. So we have a really great working relationship. We've known each other for a long time, and I'm so excited to welcome you as a guest on Ultimate Guide to Partnering. You're the global channel chief at SonicWall, a leader in the cybersecurity space. So I'm really excited for our conversation today. I'm delighted. Yeah. I'm, I'm really excited also to be a part of SonicWall. It's a great place to be. Yeah. Uh, we're going to dive in on that. So, you know, you and I know each other for quite some time. We've been on stage at the same time. In fact, same events. I bump into your husband every once in a while. We'll talk more about that at some point. So do I. But for the, <laughs> I hope you do. Although it looks, like, it looks like he might be traveling from now. Occasionally, you're both traveling. But for the one or two people that don't know you, I, th I thought maybe we'd start there, right? Uh Tell us a little bit more about you, Michelle, and the exciting role that you have at SonicWall. Sure. Well, I am really excited. I've been in the technology channel for about 20 years, always working with partners. Uh, I began uh, in about 2005 as an engineer in a global academy with Cisco. Um, and I was there for many years, 12 years. I did a lot of different roles at that time, worked in commercial, enterprise, telco, Public, uh, public sector, state, local education, um, and distribution. So I thought I did all of the things I could do. I took a different opportunity. I pivoted and I went to Office Depot during the CompuCom acquisition. There were two companies that were uh, thought of to go bankrupt that year. It was Office Depot and Toys R Us. And we know what happened at Toys R Us. So I was happy to be a part of a transformation. I thought that was very exciting um, and really helping to lean in and um, pivot up traditional brick and mortar retail into 
tech services was really something very exciting for me. Uh, after that, I went on to consult for a few years with the JS Group, and I love that. I got to work with incredible uh, vendors and distributors. Um, and then I returned to Cisco for a few years where I led the global SMB MSP mission. And now I am at SonicWall for about eight months now, which is a good wow. things happen fast. Um, and I am very happy. I started as their North American channel chief. Four months later, I was promoted to the global channel chief and I get to work with an incredible leadership team, many of which have been there many years. My my boss, our CRO, Jason Carter, has been at the company for uh, 17 years, which is incredible. Um, our CEO, Bob Van Kirk, was CMO, CRO, and now CEO. So we have two really passionate, long-term people leading the company, leading the ship, and a team that is very diverse. Um, we have new hires. Uh, Spencer Starkey is leading EMEA. We have Devashish, um, who's in APJC. We have Oscar, who's now leading LATAM. Um, we have just an incredible group of people that are new, bringing different di diverse thoughts and perspectives. Uh, we have a new CMO and a new head of product, so Christine Bartlett and Chandra Prasad. So all around, you mix people that have been at SonicWall 10, 20, 30 years with people that are very new and different and bringing those two worlds together. We have a lot of um, love. We're 100% channel vendor. So all of our work goes through the channel and we love our partners. I love that. First of all, you talk about the huge legacy, right? You have leaders there that have been there 17 plus years, right? So the legacy of the business, understanding the business that's deep. And then, as you said, the diversity, new, new, fresh faces, new, fresh minds coming into the organization. I love that infusion of the two, that inclusiveness of the organization. And you mentioned it, this huge legacy in the channel, right? I think the number was 10,000 partners that I read, but now you've been on a tear, right? 17,000. 17,000. Yeah. 17,000 partners. Very proud and of you're that. now in, and you're new wrong. Congratulations on your role. Wow. It's eight, first of all, it's eight months. It doesn't even seem like it's been eight months since you, that you announced that you were going to Sonic wall and now taking over the global. <laughs> <laughs> eight months went by. This year went by fast. We'll, we'll jump in there a little bit too. The older I get, the faster it goes. You have to cherish every moment. That's for sure. Absolutely. So tell me about what you're doing with the program. I, I'm seeing that you're reimagining the program. What do you hope to achieve in 2024 with the new program? Yeah, great, great question. So we we did what we call outside in. And what does that mean? It really just means, you know, a lot of vendors, they operate in a vacuum, they launch something and they wait for uh, anticipation and results after the launch. They didn't seek feedback. They didn't seek input. And sometimes things fail that way, right? So when Bob took over, our CEO, he spent a year really doing outside in and, and encouraging every single member of the ELT down to the you know highest and lowest ranks of the organization to get out there, seek feedback. So in the last you know several months, we've been to close to 60 events around the world. We've done a lot of quarterly business reviews. We've met on site with new and future partners asking what works, what doesn't, how can we innovate? How can we make you um, more successful, more profitable? How can we be easier to do business with? What do you need from a vendor 
or sonic wall to really drive your success. So in that conversation, in those thoughts, we had a lot of good uh, feedback, a lot of good discussion. So our new Secure First program, this is the first time we've really changed it in the last eight years post Dell uh, release. We were owned by Dell post acquisition and now we are private equity backed. Um, So we have a brand new program that's really exciting. A lot of our uh, silver partners are being promoted to gold. Gold partners are being promoted to platinum. We're reducing the rebate threshold so more partners can earn incentives and drive their business with us. We're also accruing MDF. So if you do business with us and you're strategic, we want to co-brand, co-market, co-innovate with you and put money back into your organization so that you can do great things with us by your side, helping to support you. Um, In addition to that, we have our MSP program and we have merged the two so that a lot of our partners now, um, whether your customers choose to procure an end product or they want recurring revenue, monthly payments, pay as you go, cancel any time, billing in arrears, either way, we have a plan for you um, and we can earn points. So regardless of how your customers are choosing to procure, you're going to get those benefits and you're going to earn up the ranks of our, our pyramid and our partner program with us. Um, and then we have some great acquisitions that we've made recently. So one of the ones that was most exciting in the managed service provider space was the acquisition of solutions granted. So having an MDR solution that we can help, um, there's about 83,000 MSPs in the world and they don't all want to be MSSPs, although majority of them are selling security in some way, shape or form. And so how can we help you stand up a practice that does MDR, um, cloud readiness, uh, evaluation, vulnerability assessments, all of the things that we know, it's not if, but when, a cyber attack is going to happen. And it's it could be the end to a small to medium business. 60% of small to medium businesses that are attacked in cyber breaches go out of business. So this is mm. people's livelihoods. It's their, the way they put food on their table and pay for their children's education and keep the lights on for their business and their employees. We want to keep them safe. We want to keep our partners safe. And so we're really looking to um, continue to invest in that acquisitions around SASE and Zero Trust and really exciting portfolio that is going to really lean into making this a new dawn for SonicWall and for our partners. I love the energy of what you're doing. First of all, the listening tour is so important to listen to your partners. I wish more organizations did more of that. And then it seems like you've tailored the program to, to, or stratify the program in such a way that you're solving for each individual group of partners, each constituency group. Is that all I'm hearing? Yes. And, and really, instead of dividing it, it, we're really trying to bring it more together because a lot of times, if you say how much of your portfolio, like you see a lot of companies are going towards a subscription consumption recurring revenue model. Um, a lot of vendors, Cisco, HPE, Dell, Lenovo, uh, many, many vendors are now looking at recurring revenue. So a lot of MSPs, well, a lot of traditional VARs, 73% of them say they want to be MSP. 83% of those MSPs say they want to be MSSPs. So we're living in a transformation. And you know, post-COVID, Every company is a technology company route now. So every vertical needs help, right? Even though they want to utilize technology, they want to implement it, they want to design it. 
they are not all experts in it. So they re- they rely and depend on virtual CIOs and trusted advisors, which are these MSPs that are going to help keep them up and running and safe and protected and give them peace of mind. And so there's a lot of noise and clutter in the in the space because there's a lot of conflicting priorities. But for me, it's all about the partners. If we know what their needs are and we can help provide them not only the right products and technologies, but the right support, the right enablement, the right ability for them to scale their business, then I think that we'll be mutually successful. And that's very important. Bringing your depth of expertise into the organization, I think, has been invaluable to SonicWall. What are you seeing? Like we talked, you've talked a little bit about this, right? The greatest opportunities. What about the threats that we're seeing as we're kicking in now into 2024? Yeah, we do a great, um, we have over a million sensors around the world in 215 countries and territories over 32 years. So we collect a lot of data and we're using this data, AI, machine learning, predictive analytics to really foresee what is happening in the threat landscape. And we've seen some really interesting things in our recent security threat report, which I'm happy to share if anyone wants, or you can Google it. But I would highly recommend reading it because it's important to see what's happening. Because if you're aware, you can defend against it. And uh, some of the high level things that I've seen, um, we had a decline of ransomware. So about a year ago, I think I was on stage right after you and I did my, my speech. And one of the things I said is every 14 seconds, there was a ransomware attack. It was very telling at that time. Well, we've seen a 41% decline of ransomware. Mm. However, there was a rise in April, May, and June. So it couldn't be back. It could be coming resurging and back on an incline. So be aware of that. But we did see a rise in crypto jacking by 399%. So I believe that cyber criminals, we believe that cyber criminals are trying to go more into the shadows. It's a little bit of a longer process, but there's a lot more um, discretion that's involved in that. There's infinite um, mining that can occur. So there's a lot of possibility of wealth very quickly, very secretly. And in addition to that, you know, people were really locking down on cyber criminals. So there's things like you can go on the dark webs and you can buy ransomware as a service. The criminal cyber hackers are getting much more crafty, but they also pry upon the vulnerabilities of those in need. How many people got a link during COVID that said, I'm sorry, your package has been delayed due to COVID. Mm-hmm. And it was very easy for people at that time to be susceptible to things, right? In addition to that, one of the things that we saw that was very threatening, um, you know, the war with Russia and Ukraine or or Hamas and Israel, like people will take advantage of timely political situations, say, would you like to support a family? Click here to learn more or donate or what have you. And so in these situations, there's a bunch of people that were not technical, that are now technical or forced to be in some way, shape or form. And you know, you're only as good as your weakest link. So phishing attacks are also on the rise, malware attacks, IoT malware. Um, And then the verticalization, right? Again, state, local education and government are under siege. Like those were the two biggest areas that were hit. And a lot of times I would say we did a, a great webinar on E-rate opportunities and how to recession-proof your business because we know we're facing economic headwinds. There's political instabilities. There's you know China's you know economics are going down, which impacts the world. And so in these changing landscape, your business model has important and 
schools are being attacked. This is a really important place to keep our our children safe. And there was a great uh, a great um, webinar that somebody provided, and they said, you know, they went in and they tried to breach a bunch of teachers. They just said, hey, can you give me your password? And seven out of the ten teachers just handed it over, right? And so Crazy. this is Crazy. an example of how we need to really be on guard and um, protect. The vulnerable during these challenging times. Well, you brought up education. I, like you, I also spent time in the public sector space, and on, in, on the Microsoft side alone, there are sixty thousand academic licenses. So that's how many licenses. That's how many licensed customers Microsoft has in that space. And the the lack of sophistication in those organizations. To your point, you know, a lot, is a lot of it's do it yourself. So they are so vulnerable because. They don't have the sophistication of a bigger organization that locks them down. Right. Uh, and they buy a lot of different software and they cobble things together. And there's a lot of holes in that. It's crazy. Zero trust is there for a reason. Give zero trust yeah, exactly. to all of the people. <laughs> it's scary, the level of threats. And uh, again, I being where I was before, uh, I got to see and witness some of the being in the room and some of these more um, sensitive conversations, we'll call them. But uh it, we really all have to protect ourselves. Any advice really just for users that you want to share on what we all should be doing along along the lines of securing ourselves? Yeah, I, I think that the most important thing is to get a vulnerability assessment to see where your um, risks are. I would also highly recommend, if you haven't already, talking to an es- expert in the cybersecurity insurance space because we know that these threats are imminent and you don't want, you know, you go to an expert who has superpowers for a lot of things, right? I, I wouldn't go to um, somebody who had limited expertise on something that was so important. Like there are nice to haves and there are need to haves. And this is some of the things that are a need to have. So where are some of the gaps? How do you continue to train even your own workforce, regardless of the position, right? We know that our technicians are going to be very technical, but our administrative assistants, our gatekeepers, do they have the understanding? Um, can they help train those people within the world that exists that you're supporting on those really pivotal things? And then how do you protect yourself? You've been breached. What's your incident yeah. response plan? How do you recover? How do you have your disaster backup? If you do get a ransomware attack, do you negotiate with the terrorist, right? There's a lot of pro con, but you have to go through all of these kind of permutations and combinations of of possibilities in order to be protected. So we have a great uh, vulnerability assessment uh, in our solutions granted team, but there's others out there as well. And I recommend just talking to somebody so you feel safe and you, you're prepared. You know, you mentioned backup and recovery, so critical to, you know, dealing with these ransomware attacks, right? The ability to get back up on your feet if, if you're so chose, chosen to be attacked. Uh, but we, can, we could go on for a long time here. But, you know, Michelle, this is the ultimate guide to partnering, right? And so we do focus in on the art and science because it's both an art and science around partnering. So I ask all of my guests this question, what do you see from the best partnerships? You've been around this space for quite some time, even though you're still very young. But 17 years, um, yes. (laughs) What, What do you see from the best partnerships? What do you see from the best of the best? Yeah, I think this is probably the easiest question for me because I believe that relationships are still that immortal principle and foundation of people buy from people they like, people they know, and people they trust. 
And that's sort of that old adage, people buy from people they like, it never really changed. But in order for you to, um, to have that relationship, to earn somebody's trust, is, it takes a lot of time. It's not an instantaneous, we go to a show one time, we tell them what we do, we, we have a lot of bells and whistles and we leave. It's a lot of conversations and it's a lot of development. It's a lot of understanding. What's a, what are their customers like? What's important for them? What verticals are they specialized in? What geography do they specialize in? What help do they need? Do they need more marketing help? Do they need more training and certification help? Do they need more money help? How everybody's different and everybody's at a different age or stage of their development. And for me, the best relationships, and I use the story, I love the story. And I'm going to give a shout out to my friend, uh, Rob Ray, who is now at PAX 8. But we, yeah. we joke that Rob has had a beer with every MSP in the world. I'm pretty confident he is true. I don't think it's a false he's statement. A, he's a legend in that He's space. a legend. I mean, and he's, <laughs> I, I joke with my Canadian husband that I'm not sure which is my favorite Canadian. <laughs> but I will say um, we were at a bar, at a hotel lobby bar, where I think most of the relationships and conversations happen in the IT channel on a, on a napkin yep. at 2 in the morning. And I was talking to a partner and Rob offered him a beer. And I said, oh, at the time Rob was with Datto. And I said, are you a Datto partner? And the partner said, no, but I feel like I should be. Rob's always so nice and kind. And he's been buying me beers for the last 12 years. And he's like, and I said the story to Rob after. And Rob said, it's all about the long game. And I laughed because yeah. it's true. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship that's watered and happens over collective periods of time that allows us to really nurture and grow. Like I would say the grass is greener where you water it, right? And I think exactly. that if you invest in it over time, that it develops and it builds. And I do believe that that's part of the, recipro uh, the reciprocal nature of listening and learning because it can't be one-sided. I don't ever want to pitch at customers and partners. I don't ever want to um, force my products or my 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 vendor on them. I want to make sure that they understand, I understand their needs and that I can associate how we can help them. And that's where I think we build the trust. I love that. I love that. And it is for the long game, right? I mean, I, I think back on all the things I've done over the years and the people that, you know, I've built some, so many great relationships with over 20 plus years, right? And they, they, they come back into your life in, in one form or another over time, right? We, it's true. I believe in that reciprocity. So Never it's so burn important. a bridge. <laughs> yes. You well, know, no real meet that person again. That's my life rule. You never know. So some people are short-sighted, but you'll have to think about the long term. I'm so excited to welcome Athletic Greens as the latest sponsor to Ultimate Guide to Partnering. Friends who know me well know I've made taking a green drink supplement part of my health ritual for over 20 years now, and it has made all the difference to my health and well-being. About five years ago, I added Athletic Greens, and now their product, AG1, has become my go-to green drink supplement. I take this literally every single day. AG1 is packed with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens. It literally has replaced every vitamin in my cabinet. I take it at the start of the day and often have a second serving on days when I really need it. If you'd like to give AG1 a try 
Athletic Greens is giving away a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with every new purchase. Check them out at athleticgreens.com forward slash Vince M. What about partnerships that fail? Like I think about the, 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 the I, I think about being in the room and cringing type of type of moments. I'm sure you've had those as well, right? So what would you say to those organizations? Like you've seen, you're seeing it fall apart. It's crumbling or it's just not happening. What do you wish you had said to them to course correct? I've been a part of other organizations, different organizations that, um, that, that use, let's say, words, but not actions, if you will. So say I say I'm listening to you, but you tell me the same thing five times and nothing changes. Do I really feel, do you feel that I really listened, that I really understood, that I, that I really wanted to make a difference? So I think it, it has to be twofold, right? It's not just the listening part of it. That's one aspect of it, but it's the action that happens as a correlation of what you heard. And so that's why we relaunched our new Secure First program. That's why we took two different programs and merged them together. That's why we made the acquisitions that we did, because we heard our partners. That's why we're making the integrations that we're making and that we're connecting with the RMMs and PSAs and born in the cloud distributors and all the things that are important to our partners to be simple and easy to do business with SonicWall. Um, that's why we're enhancing and really changing rapidly our our um, roadmap, our technology roadmap, because we heard you and we we heard what you love and we heard what you need. And um, I think those are the things that are very important. It's not just one sided, um, but but beyond that, I also think <clears throat> that some people just say things, and I learned very early on, very early on. It's okay not to know the answer. It's okay to have to not have the answer. I think about um, the the movie, the the holiday movie. Santa's in the room, so I have to note him. But a miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, where Macy's did not have the product that they needed, and they sent them to a competitor. And I think that was a yeah. very telling moment where you say, "I may not have everything you need, and that's okay. But I want to make sure that you have everything you need to be successful. And it's less about me." and more about you. That's a partnership. We have to help each other. And if I just care about me, then I'm not helping you because it's one-sided and selfish. So I do think that the partnerships that fail are the ones that don't consider or have full transparency or honesty or or care for the other person in that relationship. Yeah. I like to think about the, the, uh, I'll call it a scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and it becomes more like a transaction than a partnership in yeah. some respects. Yes. And, and you've seen that, right? Or they don't yeah. have the right support. They don't have the right um, team supporting them. I could go and tell you how many partners I go and I say, do you know how your channel account manager is? If they can't identify it, if they don't have somebody supporting them, that's a problem, right? And, and yeah. even, you know, there's many different types of models that vendors can have to support partners. And I know there's so many partners and you have to scale but it's really important that they feel the love, that they feel the love from the yes. vendor that's supporting them. So exciting times at SonicWall. You've got, I, I feel the excitement in the room here. And so for the partners listening today that want to work with you and your organization, how do they do so? Well, a few things. First, you could just go to sonicwall.com 
easy peasy. <laughs> um, and we have a, our Secure First program is there. So if you're not signed up as an MSP, but you're a Sonicwell partner, we can do that. We can get you signed up because you don't want to miss that opportunity. It's a great program. And again, it'll count towards your, um, your, your levels, your tiering. So you're going to earn more back if you're in that program. Nice. Um, in addition to that, if you're not a Sonicwell partner, we know it's hard. Right. If you're already vested and you've made a relationship with somebody else to pick up everything you've done and move it over here, that's a process. And we support that and we want to encourage that because we know it's a challenge for you and your team. So we're doing what we call tier match plus one. What does that mean? Basically, any partner out there, we don't care who you're working with today. We will honor you at the level you are with whatever competitor you're working with today. So you're going to get the exact same discounts plus one with us. And it doesn't matter who you're working with. Um, of course, you have to show us. You can't just tell us, I'm a platinum partner. <laughs> like You have to kind of show us some, somehow. Um, <clears throat> but in addition to that, we will um, grandfather you in. We'll give you um, all of the help and support you need, the enablement and training you need to get you up and running and hit the ground running. Because it's, it would be futile for us to get you in our program and not help you be successful and transactional as well. So you're going to get a lot of support and grace from our team in order to um, understand what you need to do. Um, but we want to make sure that you get the right discounts that you need. We're also doing um, new customer deal reg. So if you bring us any new customer, this is for new and existing partners, we give you 50% off that deal. We want you to win the opportunity and put Sonic Wall in. So 50% off the deal um, in North America, that might vary globally. Um, but that is our goal. We're going to make sure that we help you win those new opportunities and we're going to give you the best price points that we can to do so. I love it. I love it. And we're going to put links in the show notes so people can find you and, and find the links to the organization. But I'd love to pivot, Michelle. Um, I'm fascinated with the career journey, as you might know. And I'm also fascinated in helping to share with others how a leader like you got to this incredible spot in your career. You talked a little bit about the journey with us, but I was hoping you can share, was there a pivot point? Was there a spark that got you on this path to this incredible role as the global channel chief for SonicWall? Yeah. I was like, how far back do I go? <laughs> um, I've been sharing this story recently and, and if it's okay with you, I'll just take a moment and go backwards Please. and then go forwards. Um, because I think it's really important for anyone listening who thinks I can't do that, or I won't do that, or I'm not able to do that. And I want everybody listening to know that they have their superpowers and they can do anything they set their mind to. And that with the right Love mentorship it. and champions and support, you can achieve it. I also, as a woman in technology for the past 20 years, am very passionate about getting other women and diverse um, individuals to participate in a career in tech. We've had a quarter of women leave careers in technology during COVID. So, um, and a stagnation and a decline of women even entering careers in tech for the last 10 years. So yeah. um, there is a lot of opportunity still left to be had. We all love our careers. We have flexibility. We can go to wonderful locations and meet incredible partners and work with great teams, lucrative careers, you know, all of the great things. And yet we're not able to attract, retain, and promote top talent. And diversity, equity, inclusion is very important to me. So I share this for that story. It's, it's important to me as well, by the way. Uh, thank you. And you're, and you're a girl dad also. You have some a daughter, right? Yeah. How many daughters do you have? 
No, I have one daughter. I have one daughter, but I'm also passionate about this this topic and being a, a male ally as well. And very you know, important. I, I don't want to. Yeah. So I want I want you to go back to your your spot there. Yeah. No, I love I love that. Honestly, an allyship is very important, right? If most positions of power are held by men, it's very important that you have allies and champions that understand and can help support and champion and build a bench to help mentor young women coming early in career or getting to that next level. So it's very, very pivotal. I I thank you for saying that. Um, But basically, my story started with my grandmother and my grandfather and another grandfather who immigrated to America. They were entrepreneurs. Um, I have one Native American grandmother who was born here, but all of the rest immigrated. So I was born in a first generation family who had, uh, you know, language barriers, socioeconomic barriers, hardships. Um, My grandfather went to war. My grandmother got sick. My mother and her brothers and sisters went to an orphanage for a few years. My great aunt fostered them. So all of these complexities, right? My, My mother married my father. He wasn't a great guy. She ended up um, having to leave because he was abusive. And we went to a domestic abuse shelter. There was a lot that, in you know, I learned grit and determination and overcoming adversity very early. And I didn't have mentorship. I didn't know... I didn't know anybody who knew anybody who worked in technology, if I'm honest with you. So I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I was the first in my family to go to college. I was the first to get an MBA and I was the first to work in technology. And I've been here for two decades. And I can tell you that that journey started because a man, Lou McElwain, still remember him dearly. He asked me if I could sell him a router. And I said, I don't know what a router is, but if you teach me, I'll sell you three of them. And he said, I like your answer. I like you. You're a good candidate. And he ended up being an area vice president at the time of Cisco. And he told me about their global academy. And he brought me under his um, recommendation for this very competitive program where every seat had 800 people compete for one seat. So it was very challenging. You had to have three phone interviews. If you pass those, they flew you. If and only you pass those, they flew you to um, RTP North Carolina. We had, I'll call it speed dating interviews, three in-person interviews with 50 other people in the room interviewing at the exact same time. A bell would ring. You have to get up and go to the next person. And if all six of those people did not vote for you, you did not get the job. And the last interview, the five, I did great. The last one, he looked at my resume and I'll never forget because he laughed in my face. And he was like, I don't think you're cut out for this. And I was just so blown away because I've come this far. I didn't come this far to only come this far. And I said, I think you're wrong. Can we complete the interview before you tell me what I am and I'm not capable of doing? And he said, okay. And we went through the interview. And at the end, I said, do you think I'm a good fit for the role? And he said, I think you're a good fit when you didn't take no for an answer. And that changed my life. I got my foot in the door, pivoted many times, always with the love of partners, though. That was my dream, you know, to one day be a channel chief. And for me, mentors like Lou and like Wendy Barr and Pat Finn and sales leaders that I had in my career were very important to me. And I remember, you know, I had Wendy on my podcast. And one time she said, 
Uh, I said, what is your biggest weakness? And she said, I'm not good at math. And I said, you were the channel chief of Cisco. How is that possible? She goes, I hire well. I surround myself with people that are good at things that I'm not good at. And I just, I learned things from so many mentors, Janet Shines and, um, you know, Nancy Hammervick and wonderful women and men who taught me so many different things throughout my career and kept me here that I can be a working mom. I can have work-life balance or I'll call it integration. I can um, have heart surgery and still come back stronger than ever. So my career has been very interesting, uh, but not exclusive. It just takes the right support system and the right tribe to have your back and to guide you and to remind you what your superpowers are and why you're there. Never take no for an answer. Never. Remember that. <laughs> Never, Love ever. It, Michelle, that story is so inspiring. Love your story. Thank you. And congratulations for your recent recognition for the uh, the women of the channel. Thank you uh, very much. Movement and event. Yeah. So, so awesome. Such an honor. Yes. Thank you. So, and des- well-deserved. So I have a favorite question. Okay. And um, this is a, this is a favorite of mine. Because I, I think it kind of, it, it answers a lot of questions. So we just get to it. You're hosting a dinner party and you can invite any three guests from the present or the past. Some One person actually picked people in the future that they want to invite to this amazing dinner party. And we can talk about where you're going to host it too. We'll get, we'll get into that next. But whom would you invite and why? You know, I, I pre-read this question and I, I thought a lot about it. And over time, so many different people have entered my mind that I'm just, you know, enamored with or fascinated with or uh, like, you know, inspired by, um, you know, Oprah Winfrey, Edgar Allan Poe, Jesus. But at the end of the day, um, for me, the one person that I would really love Uh, Because personally, my grandmother was my mentor, my role model that I overcame all the adversity with my mom, who taught me how to become a strong, resilient woman. She passed away one month before I met Jay, my husband. So she never met my husband and she never met my children. And uh, whatever you believe. But after she passed, I kept seeing a yellow butterfly. So I like to believe that she's still with me. Uh, so I would like to bring together my grandmother and my husband and my children so that they can meet each other because they're probably the most important people in my life. I love that. I love that. Where are we going to host this dinner party? Oh, well, that's I didn't go that far. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I love all the food, but my grandmother, she she came from Poland. So it'd be great to go to Poland and have some good pierogies and kielbasa. <laughs> Sounds like a great dinner. Maybe I'll come and bring a beverage yeah, and come. I would I'd love, love to that. listen to this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Well, that sounds wonderful. It just sounds wonderful. Um, and she, and she, you know, I have a sense that she's with you as well. I believe right? that too. And your mom yeah. is, I believe we have our, yeah. our cherished people never leave us. I always believe that. Yeah. Always. So one last question. Sure. I can't believe it's 2024 already. I mean, what happened to 2023? I don't know. We blinked. What? <laughs> like the year just flew by this year. And, you know, we're, we're kind of like on the precipice of this new year. And all of us are sitting there going, what do we need to go do better or differently? And how do we optimize for success? What advice do you have for all our amazing listeners of Ultimate Guide to Partnering on how they can best optimize for success this year? Yeah, that's a great question. 
I think firstly, everyone needs to pause and reboot. <laughs> uh, take the time over the holidays, over the new year to relax, rejuvenate. I can't tell you how many people I meet that are like, oh, I've never taken a day of PTO. And I'm like, is that an award that you're proud of? Like, are you leading a team that's just, you know, you need to rejuvenate. So find balance and find time to, to refuel, to uh, have precious time with those you love yourself, you know, your fur kids, whoever it is, right? Enjoy that time. Um, and then I think it's important to evaluate, reflect on the past year. What worked? What didn't? How do we, what opportunities? What would I do differently? Uh, what would my partners, teams want to see more of, less of? Uh, and I also like to check in with other people, see what their answers are to this. Maybe a LinkedIn post for those lazy likers out there that are not posting a lot of content. Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for you to evaluate how you're, you know, defining your brand, defining your company and, and how you're um, recruiting feedback. So I think for me, once you have the reflection, then you have to set goals, right? And what do you want to manifest in the year ahead? You have to draw a line in the sand. And maybe those vision boards that people do. I've never done one, but I have a goal to do that. Just finding time. But maybe when my time that I rejuvenate, I could do a vision board. And I would say, what do you want to achieve in the next, you know, one year, three years, five years? And putting it pen to paper or putting a picture down and really just foreseeing how you want your life to go. I was just reading a Facebook post the other day, and I don't want to bring it down to this, but somebody said, my um, my employee didn't come into work. We thought he was sick and we found out that he passed away. He was 60 years old. And so you read stories like this and it just, it gave me pause because we all think we have so much time. Um, and as somebody who had heart surgery at the age of 39, I can tell you when they uh, put you in, under anesthesia, the last thing you think about is the, the, you know, emails that you have to send or the conflicts that you have or the work stresses that you have, you think about what really matters most. And the little things in life, there's really nothing bigger. So if you can reprioritize, refocus, and just take in those moments uh, and really understand what is it you want to do, what are your bucket list items, because no time is granted. What do you want to achieve professionally? What do you want to achieve personally? And start working towards those goals because my favorite Native American proverb is pray to God, but row away from the rocks. So keep, you know, rowing towards your North star and you will achieve it. I love that. I love that. Michelle, you have been an amazing guest. So, so great to have you, my friend on ultimate guide to partnering today Thanks. and sharing your wisdom with our listeners. It's, it's wonderful to see you Likewise. and uh, so wonderful to spend the new year with you. So, uh, Looking forward to more together this year here in South Florida and elsewhere. So I'm hoping to see you at other events. I know we're probably going to be on the slate at a couple of events this year together. So I look forward so great to having you. Thank you, Vince. And to you and to all your listeners, happy new year. Wishing you love, health, happiness, laughter, and prosperity and all the best things. Thank you. All the best as well. Cheers. Cheers. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Ultimate Guide to Partnering with your host, Vince Minzione. Online at ultimateguidetopartnering.com and facebook.com slash ultimateguidetopartnering. We'll catch you next time on The Ultimate Guide to Partnering.